Welcome to the next episode of Liftoff, a Jets podcast with your hosts, Charmin and Chris. So, Charmin, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, life is going on. Um, <laughs> hopeful Jets fans, that's what's going on. OTAs, you know. All good stuff. We, yeah, all good stuff, man. But you know, it's a little a little too early to be uh, crowning anybody. But uh, we just want to say, as Jets fans, uh, we're pretty happy. That's all you got. That's all you get from us right now. Whatever uh, maniacal displays, that will come later in the season. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I didn't, I'm I'm just saying. You know, I I know all Jet fans, including you, myself. I would say most of us just want to get this get the season rolling we want to get to September we want to see number two out there doing his thing we want to see number eight out there we want to see how great these guys are because from the reports we're hearing I mean it's getting us super excited that's all I got to say <laughs> I know it's only oh, yeah. a t-shirt but we're, we're getting excited we'll sure. take what listen as Jets fans we'll take whatever man Yes. I mean, anything positive, you know, we we haven't really had, uh, you know, a taste of real victory in a while, man. And we're 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 starving, you know, and any any crumb, any crumb, any morsel you throw us, we, we chomping at the bit, man. I'm telling you, exactly. <laughs> we'll take we'll take whatever it is. And 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 with the way number two and number eight's been in OTAs again. You know, everybody, hey, it's shorts on a t-shirt. Everybody, we know that. <laughs> Got to start we'll, somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. We'll take it. We'll take it. I, I, and you know what? OTAs are done next week. Um, mini camp is, you know, mandatory mini camp. So we'll get to see the whole team. Hopefully, hopefully everybody shows up and, you know, and hopefully most of them are going to be healthy enough to play. You know, nobody's going to be rehabbing. Uh, but everything's coming out so far. I'm sure everybody's heard the new, you know, the, the reports coming out of OTAs that Wilson looks great. You know, Wilson didn't look as good. They said he still looks good, but just not as good um, on Thursday. Uh, but it wasn't all his fault because his top four receivers were out. Davis was out. Cole was out. Mims was out. And Crowder wasn't there, you know, because of the contract thing, whatever uh, that we spoke about last week. Um, so. You know, when you're going with your fifth and sixth option, you're going to have issues. You know, Herndon had a drop that resulted in a pick. Berrios dropped one as well. But other than that, he was pretty solid. You know, he was pretty, you know, on the money. Um, and the big news, other than what we've been hearing about Elijah Moore, another guy that's been really impressing a lot of people is Berrios. Berrios is there all day, working hard, all over the field, they said. He's becoming um, Wilson's um, security blanket type of, type of receiver now. Whenever he's in trouble, he's finding Berrios now. So, and Berrios, to me, was on, I think he was right on that, you know, he's got to be on the bottom of the depth chart, you know, after the top four or five guys, then you would put him in, right? Yeah. I, I think you would be right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think this. I don't think this. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad thing at all, man. No. Um, can't be. Again, um, we've suffered with depth at a lot of positions on 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 this team for the last ten or twelve years or whatever. Um, to see bo the bottom of a lot of uh, positions, the bottom players actually. You know, making it no matter how small an impact you could call this. Um, confidence building for Zach Wilson is what's really important here. And the fact that he's getting that from somebody that's probably the fifth option <clears throat> at wide receiver right now, it's kind of awesome for me. Um, it kind of um, indicates that uh, Zach Wilson does not care who it is that's playing wide receiver for him. If you're open, he's going to throw you the ball. And that's pretty encouraging for me. And another, in a long line of things that have 
been growing on me when it comes to this kid is the fact that he just the open man is where he's gonna throw the ball. So I'll take that. Yeah, and it sounds like he's he's getting every he's hitting every open guy out there. So I think he's thrown three picks um, throughout the whole OTA, all of the OTA so far, which is pretty amazing. Um, and so far, uh, like I said, Berrios and the three guys working, I think we spoke about it last week, uh, that are going to be working on punt returns is Berrios, of course, and Michael Carter, the running back, and also Elijah Moore. And the difference with Moore and Carter is they really didn't work that much as punt returners in college. So what they're doing is supposedly those two guys are showing up early in the morning. They're showing up at like 6.30 in the morning working on punt returns. So they obviously want one or both of those guys to be working on punt returns this year. Obviously, only one could, could return punts, but maybe they're going to maybe bring them in and out or something like that. But I think it would be great to have a guy that could, you know, could possibly break one on, on the punt return because Berrios, let, let's be honest. I mean, he's solid. You know, he caught, I think he, he hardly ever fumbles if, if at all on the punt return. So he's very reliable, but he's not a guy that's going to break one. Right. But yeah, he, and more can definitely do that. He is consistent. Yes. Um, I think he had, I think there were numbers somewhere that's indicated that he, if his numbers were literally, if he was getting 14 or 15 yards for every return, it was consistently 14 or 15 yards. It's pretty hard to do to average a number and just stay at that number, especially when it's above average. Um, so, you know, again, that's solid, like you said, um, mm -hmm. but you need a little bit more than solid sometimes playing an NFL game where your defense probably don't didn't show up and you need that one little spark and then your special team shows up. You get that one return and boom, there you go. So yeah. it is uh it is interesting to see. I think I think one of many uh positional battles, position battles that we we're gonna be um paying close attention to um this offseason, uh whilst this team grows so ever so slowly, uh <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting to see who uh rises to the top or who's the cream of the crop, basically. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And and everybody's hungry, you know, they're all young. They're all hungry. So, and that, that's what you want. You don't want guy, you don't want the veterans that are just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm on the team. I don't have to work that hard. You got everybody on this team working hard because nobody's really set here. Um, so I, I, I love it. And the running back room is going to be that way. You know, you're not going to have that one solid, you know, that one main running back for us. You're going to have the rotation going. We'll, we'll get into running backs in a moment. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for anybody on this team, veteran or rookie, to show up to practice with without energy. Their coach is known to be a high energy guy. Right. Their defensive coach is known to be a high energy guy. Their special teams coach is known to be a high energy guy. It's like yeah. <laughs> you know you, you can't not have energy on this team exactly you <laughs> just impossible. can't because you would you probably stick out like a sore thumb <laughs> right exactly you know so now you love it you know and and so far switching over to the defensive side um the other michael carter the corner he's continuing to make plays and impress the coaching staff so we might see him become a starter possibly in the slot i'm not sure but with the cornerback situation kind of, not kind of, it's very up for grabs. I mean, that's going to be probably our weak uh, area on defense. And yes. um, so anybody can step up. I mean, it's not going to be a shocker to see Michael Carter start, but I think it would be pretty amazing if he does um, from, from week one for a rookie. Yeah. Um, interesting player. Um, he's definitely, he definitely has part of the skill set um but i think he has lingering issues that i don't quite i'm not really um sold on yet um of him being a starter 
Uh, let's see what happens in any camp. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of um, I'm a little, I'm not really sold on Michael Carter yet. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, the player the player that that interests me, and um, I normally go off of one person. And there's one person that normally really kind of pushes my eyes to certain players, and that one person mentioned Isaiah Dunn. And he was, uh, I think he was, um, it was he was an undrafted signee, and yeah. uh, the and I think there's been multiple mentions of his name because of the quality of play he's put out there. Um, and he kind of fits the bill when it when it comes to Coach Salah or Albrick and the kind of defensive backs they would like. So the physicality, the speed, the instincts. Um, I, I'm 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 pleasantly surprised at what he can do or what he's shown that he can do. Um, I I did not watch a lot of the film. This is me coming off of just watching uh, what he a little bit of what he did in in camp. And also off of information from people that were there watching him. Um, so we're, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, this team is very flimsy at corner. Um, this was one of the worries we had coming in. <clears throat> Definitely. That, yeah, we were worried that they didn't sign anybody. And still um, worried. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's just kind of playing exactly how we thought it would if they did not. Um, uh, bless on Austin is who we thought he was, right? Um, just lackluster, man. Just not really the kind of guy you, you know, you want to, uh, put your chips or, you know, bet on, you know? And, uh, I know Hall is, the, Hall is Hall and he's going to be, I think he's probably going to be probably one of the better corners we're going to have. Um, I'm very interested to see what Lamar Jackson is going to do. Um, and um, I'm pretty interested in seeing what Javelin Gidry can do too. So I'm, 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 there's youth here, but I think I will side with most Jets fans on Twitter that believe that we need to sign a veteran corner at this point. Yeah. <laughs> You know, obviously yeah. <laughs> Steve Nelson, and I don't think Sherman's going to be an option at this point. I know, you know, people like to connect him with Salah, and you know, he's a Salah favorite, all that. I just don't think he's going to come here. I mean, unless Salah could really talk him into, you know, really talk up the team and say, you know what, something special is going to happen this year, you know, some <laughs> something like that. Otherwise, you know, Sherman wants to stay on the West Coast. Number one. And number two, he probably wants to go to a, a winning franchise. You know, like he doesn't want to take a shot with the Jets. Yeah, we, we hopefully we're going to be much better than last year. But, you know, are we going to make a run at the Super Bowl? You know, most likely not. Um, so he's probably waiting for like maybe Seattle, you know, Arizona, San Fran. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, Ravens, like Chiefs, yeah, Raiders, right. somebody. Yeah. I'm sure that's what he's waiting on. So maybe Nelson is the guy that, you know, we'll get lucky enough to get, or you never know. Somebody might get cut at camp and we might be able to scoop them up, which would be great. And yeah, the other position that we're definitely weak in where it's going to be a crap shoot, no matter what we do is going to be a kicker. You know, you know, Fickens we got from last year. Nobody's impressed by him. Um, and the other guy that we signed as an un, undrafted guy, uh, Nuger, uh, both have not been impressive in camp. So, you know, and from some of the notes I've been getting, uh, I've been reading on The Athletic, if anybody wants, The Athletic is great. Definitely sign up for it. Uh, read Connor Hughes on there a lot, covers the Jets. He's great. Um, but they're saying kicking is still an issue. Uh, Fickens was one out of three in his 
<laughs> attempts and Nuger was three out of five. So not great. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully figure it out. But kicker is kicking. You know, we, we know that. Yeah, these numbers, these numbers definitely sound pedestrian to me. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not good. You know, and and as much as I am, um it's just it's camp. Um I I hope one of them catch fire at some point. But if they don't, they would have to the Jets would probably have to go out and get some other uh, guy to come in for competition because uh yeah. yeah, you can't go into a season with uh, somebody kicking three out of five or one out of three. That that's uh, sheesh. And that's <laughs> not during a game, not with pads, not with yeah, anything. yeah. I think so. that I think that yeah, I would say that that's probably the best circumstance under the best circumstances. You'd be no wins to right to no go one runners. out of three <laughs> under those circumstances is ridiculous. Yeah, if you can't kick under those, yeah, if you can't kick under those on under those circumstances oh man yeah uh, definitely yeah. not good <laughs> definitely not good um well other than that i mean we did have we did get a signing this week um sharad nisim who's a special teams ace and he's a backup safety from atlanta the last few years we signed him so he's got notoriety with the uh with the defense he knows the defense he knows the scheme because he worked with uh, Ulbrich last year with Atlanta and I think the reason why they brought him in and, and you do as well for more for special teams than to be a backup safety but he does have a couple of starts last year at safety so that that's that should help us as well yeah um those are in my um uh, in my estimation those little signings uh guys it's small tweaks that uh, that the coaches are seeing that probably when implemented would probably raise the game the game of of the of the team on a, on the whole. So <clears throat> I love when coaches do that. That means they're really paying attention to what their team needs are and and their game planning and they're they're starting to kind of mold this thing into into what a finished product. And their, their their vision is almost there, but it's just not clear enough. So, adding little pieces here and there, they might not seem to be the biggest thing. And sometimes you hear these phrases like "camp bodies" and all that stuff. Sometimes it might be, or sometimes it might be like a very important cog in a in in the uh, machine. So we'll see. You know what? He'll definitely help special teams because special teams was a another weakness of ours <laughs> among oh, yeah. a lot that we had last year. So it'll be good to get the special teams uh, unit back up to, uh, you know, back up to what it used to be years ago for us. And another yep. thing with him too, is that after high school, he didn't get any offers uh, from college to play football or anything. So for two years after high school, he was working for FedEx and hmm. he finally got the call from Florida Atlantic, I think to come play football he played there and that's why he's not that young i think he's like 29 years old so he's not a young kid mm. he's a veteran so I, I i think this is a great a great a very good move for the special teams and to have a little bit of veteran leadership as your backup safety because we all know injuries will happen um another thing with camp too finally we got to see carl lawson a little bit Finally, we're getting that edge rusher that we've been wanting since John Abraham. <laughs> so we haven't had one of those for many years. So it'll be so great to have some somebody rushing the passer consistently this this year. Finally, yeah, um, it's great to see him. Great to have him. Um, I think I think um, I think he's being slept on a little bit. Um, I know everybody points to the fact that yes, we have a great line and and he's gonna be able to get a lot of one-on-ones and all that stuff. But the fact that he had what like 30 something pressures or whatever it was last year, um indicates he's an elite pass rusher. Yes, he has doesn't have the sack numbers. And uh our friend uh, Michael Narnia likes to say that 
if sacks are the way you measure how good a defensive or a defensive player is, uh, you're missing the point. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think he only because, had like eight or nine sacks or something. So he didn't have a high sack. Right. The, the, thing, the, the funniest thing about sacks is this, right? If you're playing, what's the greatest, the greatest number of sacks you've seen a player have? What, uh, Strands 20, what is it? He had 22 and a half? Yeah. Okay. How many snaps did Strahan play for that that year? Can you imagine how many snaps he played that year? He oh, probably played what in the hundreds of snaps, right? Right. And he literally only had 20, 22. and that was the greatest, one of the greatest sack num total in a season. So, if you're measuring players for, that get sacks. If sacks is the number you're measuring them, you're missing a lot because there's no way you're snap you're you're playing three hundred and something, five hundred and something snaps, and what the average elite player gets sixteen or something like that, or twelve or something like that, and and you know, and you're measuring sacks. I mean, it's all it's ridiculous. How many times he's in the backfield? How much? How many times he he uh, hurries the quarterback? How many pressures he has? Um, how many times he win he wins his battles? That's what is is the measure a true measurement of a defensive end or a pass rusher. So, at the end of the day, I think I think um, he's an elite pass rusher, and I think um, paired with what we have up front, man, I can't wait to see what he what they what he could do. But I think on his own, he's motivated. He's motivated enough to make a really big impact for this defense. I, and I just can't wait to watch it. And and the Jets signed him because they thought he was he's just about to explode. You know, he's yep. had four very good years. Now they think he's going to get into that. You know, maybe even elite status, pass rusher. And like you said, with our defensive line, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to get to the quarterback. I think he's, he's going to have a very good year. If everybody stays healthy, you know, God willing, that would be awesome. But I think that's, that's going to be the key, obviously with any team, but uh, especially with us, if these guys stay healthy, this defensive line is going to be, I mean, top 10, easy, probably top five. If everybody's healthy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just an immense talent everywhere you look, man. Even, even to the guys that are just not, household names like Bryce Huff. If you watch if you were a Jets fan and you watch Bryce snaps from Bryce Huff last year, pretty interesting guy. Yeah. I mean, guys like uh Nathan Shepard, nobody really talks about. But if you if you're a Jets fan and you watch Nathan Shepard, you would know that I don't think you really want to block Nathan Shepard all game long by yourself. Definitely not. That's not yeah, that's not really a, a, a recipe for win. And I haven't even mentioned the better players on the team. Um, Fado Kasi is probably one of the best run stuffers in the NFL. And you don't hear his name at all. JFM, John Franklin Myers, yeah. had a hell of a season. Yes, he didn't have the numbers. But uh, again, if you watch any Jets football, you would know that he had a hell of a season. And I, again, another player that's just about to explode, and you put you pair all that, and I can't, I can't because something I always move on without mentioning his name, and I think he is truly uh, uh, um, uh, somebody that has been in the in the background doing a lot of the dirty work, and is very good at doing that. Is Kyle Phillips, and I think. You again in a situation where now a ultra aggressive defensive line is what you need. You will see a lot of pop from a lot of those guys now. So just, I'm just excited, man. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> definitely, no. It, it's definitely going to be a strength of our team, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Another position, and let, last week we spoke about the quarterbacks, kind of previewing it uh, going into camp. Um, the next position we're going to talk about is the running backs. Uh, yes. Last year, definitely not a strength. 
But I think this year in the, in the system, I think it's going to be a strength. Um, right now we got Ty Johnson, Tevin Campbell, and Michael Carter as our top three. And P. Ryan, number four, most likely, and Josh Adams. And they also signed Austin Walter, who was with San Fran last year. He got a little bit of play, but not much. But um, before I hand it off to you, I just want to um, give you some numbers of the 2019 49ers running attack, okay? The year they went right. to the Super Bowl, right? Um, basically, we're going to be using that offense, right? They had a, basically a three-headed monster, right? They had Tevin Coleman, that monster, and they had Brita, okay? Those three guys combined for 1,939 yards and 15 touchdowns. So that's the kind of production we want from our three-headed monster, basically. Maybe four-headed monster if we go that deep. But that's I think that's the game plan to have a you know, three, four guys. They always want the fresh guy in there. They don't want a guy getting 20, 25 carries a game and wearing down by the fourth quarter. They want three, maybe even four guys out there. Just get the fresh guy out there all the time. So what's your thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, this offense, even if we haven't seen the final iteration of uh, – what uh, Mike LaFleur is going to have as his offense, we know from, you know, the different copies that we've seen of the Shanahan system that it's a running, it's a run-based, it's a run-based offense. And yes, there's going to be a lot of play action. Yes, there's going to be a lot of attempts at throwing the ball long down the field, but literally does not work if the running game does doesn't and yes you could say that for almost every offense but this offense is special it 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 you could take it from a pedestrian offense to a damn near elite offense with how good your running backs are and a lot of the players that we that they have now at the running back kind of just fit the bill um i i'm it's interesting to me um, what's going to happen with LaMichael P. Ryan because we did not see that good of a, a, a start for, to his career uh, as a running back last year um, as a rookie. And he was a rookie. Um, he definitely suffered from vision issues. He missed a lot of massive holes. He kind of was running blind, in my opinion. Um, um, I, I, I would hope that he has... Uh, improved on uh, understanding how to follow his blocks and how to um how to get to the hole that he's trying to find um but to me the interesting guys on this roster running back wise is uh michael carter who we drafted i can't wait to see this kid playing this offense it's yep. to me he just to me he just fits he just fits what 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 that uh, kind of the kind of player that fits that kind, the kind of running back in uh, for that offense. You combine him with a player that's been doing this, doing so much damage in that in this offense, in Coleman, and you have a big, fast guy that has incredible receiving prowess. I mean, that's kind of crazy, and then. The unsung hero here, in my opinion, or I don't know if you want to call him an unsung hero because I don't think he's won anything, but the guy that I think would surprise a lot of people in this offense is Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson showed me something last year. He is explosive. He has very good vision. And even, uh, again, <laughs> I know I... I I love my dead six factor guys and I always quote them. Uh, but Michael Narnia made, made a, a wrote a whole article about, about how Ty Johnson's uh, vision is ultra, like it's a high up there. It's, it's crazy that he constantly gets three or more yards, you know, when, when he, when the blocking is great in front of him. Um, so you, you just every, just you, like I said, 
the names I mentioned, it's 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 a it kind of pair kind of a, a pairs very well with what you just mentioned about uh, the year the the Forty Nineers went went to the Super Bowl. Right. The same kind of running backs, literally guys that just have that explosion to their game. You know, that zero to sixty, put your foot in the ground and take off. Uh, very good vision. Uh, um, I like that, and with the um, addition, uh, additional, the fact that they could also receive the ball very well from from uh, from behind from behind the line of scrimmage is uh, is awesome too. So it, it's it it again one of the um, interesting uh, camp battles we'll be paying attention to. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, definitely. I definitely think that's a that's a strength for us, the running back. Yes. Um, we got depth, obviously. Um, so I, I think we're looking good at running back for sure. Um, the offensive line uh, could probably use a body or two. And we've been hearing now Morgan Moses, after he was cut by Washington, um, possibly signing with us. Um, this is a guy that started every game for the last six years for Washington. So at right tackle, he could also play guard. So this is the kind of guy you would think we'd want to bring in. And I'm sure they're, they're trying to bring him in. I think it's a matter of probably Moses probably wants a spot where he's got a better shot at starting. Cause maybe here it's like, Oh, you could come in and compete for the job. You know, maybe Fant is going to be the right tackle and, he would be the backup or maybe he would be the right guard. Um, well, what's your thoughts on Morgan Moses? I think, I think the Jets should go, go ahead and sign him. Um, and the, to me, the issue for me is not if the Jets should sign him, is if he would want to be here. Maybe he's a guy that wants to start. Me, mm-hmm. You know, um, and are the Jets willing to give him a position right now? Because you would say a lot of the guys that we have now are already written into their positions, right? You'd say Fant is yep. probably the right tackle. You'd say Beckton is the left. Um, AVT is going to be the left guard. Right. McGovern, the center. The only question we have is at uh, right guard, right? Correct. And uh, Moses is a tackle. So are you going to take Fant out, somebody that you're paying a significant significant amount of money, and give Moses the start? You know, I I don't know, and 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 I think I think this question is what's getting in 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 the way of the Jets signing Moses at this point. Uh, and that's my opinion. Um, I think if the Jets didn't have a penciled in right right tackle i think moses would be signed instantly yeah i think you know definitely i i I think that's to me that's the key in this whole thing is probably how much he wants and also is he going to be i don't i don't want to say guaranteed a starting spot but he probably wants to start because the guys started every game the last six season with Washington. He doesn't want to come here and be a reserve. So is he, you know, he's probably saying, listen, give me a shot to start at right tackle, you know, maybe sign a one-year deal, be a starter here, you know, and then hop back into free agency next season at the beginning of it, um, you know, and look for a bigger deal. So um, I, I think, I think that's the big question here with him. What is, what are they willing to offer him? How much, and also what kind of a position is it going to be starter at right tackle? Is it going to be starting at right guard? Cause they might be set with, with fans. Like you said, um, if he, if they're set with, with Fant at right tackle, then basically our only opening to start is right guard. So maybe that's not what he wants. So that's why he's probably shopping around still a little bit, you know, looking for a, a better landing spot for himself. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, like yeah, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, the Jets would have to figure out, figure this out. They do need a backup tackle, no matter what, uh, and and somebody that's pretty, somebody that's a good 
solid player. They have backups right now, but they're not really solid players. We know what they are. Right. You know, they're backups and they're backups to backups, some of them. Um, McDermott is the one, I think, that's a swing tackle, if I'm, I want to say that he is. Um, but McDermott is not a starter in this league. He's not even an average player, in my opinion. So I don't know if he really, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, Moses would be a, a hell of an upgrade at this position. So Definitely. I think it's a no-brainer at this point for the Jets. Yeah, that's <laughs> I totally agree. And you can never have enough back there, enough depth, because we've seen with injuries. We now we see with Becton with the plantar fasciitis. That's not a serious thing, but you know what? In a month or so, if it's lingering or if he's you know something else. Yeah, we want somebody like that to, to be the backup and who could step right in. So um, I think uh, ho- hopefully we'll see something because we I, I did read something where they were uh, working towards signing him this week, but that could mean anything, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> um, but anyway, a big, a big trade did happen in the NFL uh, this week. Julio Jones, the Pro Bowl receiver from the Atlanta Falcons, Got his wish. He got out of Atlanta and he landed in Tennessee and it really wasn't for much. It was like a two and a six or something. So it really wasn't for much. Atlanta was just looking to dump his salary. Incredibly. It wasn't, you know, they weren't looking for a big return. I mean, we did hear they wanted a first round pick, but we knew that wasn't going to happen with the, uh, with the contract that he has in this late in the off season. So they did get a, a two for him. Um, Yes, I agree. They, you know, they definitely got better, uh, Tennessee, by, tri- by getting him because they lost Corey Davis to us, you know, to free agency. And they basically replaced him with um, Julio Jones, which definitely an upgrade, um, without a doubt. But they did lose Juno Smith, the, the tight end. That's yep. going to hurt. And to me, Tannehill, we, we've had talks about him Yes, he is a he is a pretty good quarterback. I'm not saying anything. Regular season, he's been great. Um, he's been very good in the regular season, I should say. Uh, the the thing with me is in the playoffs. This is where those pretty good quarterbacks take that next step. And he kind of took it in 2019, where he got him to the championship game, but then they lost to the Chiefs uh, last year. I think he took a step back. They lost that first round to uh, Baltimore, and he really didn't have that good of a game. Uh, two for less than 200 yards. I know Davis was hurt too, um, but uh, to me, they they are they are improved. How much they're going to be improved is to me how far they're going to get in the playoffs, right? Because they're a playoff team, I would think right off the bat. Even without Julio Jones, they were probably heading for the playoffs because. Number one, they're in a pretty weak division. Other than the Colts, you got two very not so good teams with the Texans and the Jaguars trying to figure out who they are. So they're in a weak division. So they're probably going to make the playoffs. Um, how far they make the playoffs, that to me is where, how we're going to say how much of an improvement with Julio Jones they're going to be. That's, yeah. that's my that- thing about the whole thing. Yeah, um, all great, all great points. Um, you're right. Um, on paper, when you add a player like Julio Jones to your squad, there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's almost impossible to not say that you've improved. Um, numbers wise, he kind of, he kind, he kind of uh, had about the same amount of numbers that. Uh, that Davis had for for Tennessee last year. And Julio has not been a, a touchdown monster or anything like that. Um, what he does for, for what he did for the Falcons went above and beyond just touchdowns. Um, just the fear of what he could do to you every game uh, definitely caused defensive coaches uh, – to lose sleep. But for me, <clears throat> the question, the question for the Tennessee Titans is not really about their players. 
It's about who's going to be their new coach or new offensive coordinator or what kind of offense they will run. Mm -hmm. um, I know for the most part, I know who that offense is going to be. It's going to be King Henry, definitely. And, and, yes. and everything is going to go through him. Yep. And, but, it's, but the concepts that's going to be ran after that, uh, through that, um, the, you know, what's that going to be? Is going to be the question. Um, the <clears throat> the guy taking over as offensive coordinator. We used to be Derek Carr's quarterbacks coach. Uh, Downing, I think, is his name. Mm -hmm. um, he has he has a pretty good um, coaching. Uh, he has pretty good coaching history, um, but I don't know if. He has winning caliber coaching history. And that's the issue right there. We don't know what he's going to be. Um, yes, he used to be a tight ends coach, just like Arthur Smith was a tight ends coach. But, uh, man, listen, <laughs> you, you could call there, There's a lot of things that you could copy about people, but that doesn't mean they're the same. I mean, you know, The Rock and I drink tequila. But I'm not the rock. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's only been an offensive coordinator for only one year. Yes. This year. That was yes. with the Raiders. Like you said, he was their quarterback's coach. And then he, then he became their off offensive coordinator in 2017. But that was only for one year. So um, is this going to be the same offense as last year with Arthur Smith? That, that could be yeah. a blessing and a curse. Right. This is the thing. If you're if you're your own man, you would probably come in with your own kind of offense, right? Or your own, you could run the basics of the same offense, but you put your own uh, style to it. Um, the the issue with that is, uh, are you being authentic? Are you being yourself? You know, that's that's going to be the question. And like you said, it doesn't have that much experience being an an OC. Uh, Hey man, uh, that's where all that's where all these assistants come in. If he could get some of the best, you know, one of the best offensive line coaches, uh, one of the best wide receiver coaches, one of the best running back coaches, and somebody that's a good game plan manager uh, or quality control guy, everybody else around him is pretty good. He could do well. But it, 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 you know, he's still the head of the snake. And if he can't, you know, deliver on, an, on, a, on a plan that would not only um, star King Henry as they have been before, but also, you know, definitely get the ball to Julio at some point, <laughs> they're going to have issues. And oh, yeah. you you know we could we could talk about Julio all day. Julio is Julio, and he's had a monster career in the NFL. AJ Brown is a superstar yeah. or a superstar in the making. So you got to do you got to you got to feature him too. So mm -hmm. you you have these you have all these guys. I don't know how you only have do one that. ball. <laughs> you only have one ball. <laughs> right. And and again it uh, again you all what. I just said, put all of that together and then you present it to a rookie offensive coordinator. It's not, doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound like a recipe for winning. It sounds like a recipe for mediocre because it will take time for him to figure out how to work this. You know, he might get it going, but I don't know how long it's going to take him to get there. And that's the issue for me. That's why I'm not on paper, fine. It looks awesome. And, yeah. and all the things you could draw up with those kind of players. But, man, football, I wish football was more like Madden. And it's not. In, rea in reality, no. you, you know. Play. <laughs> no. In, in reality, it's, it's more about the teachings and the coaching and, and, and the, the, the small things that offensive players have to do within the system to make it work. And uh, if he teaches, if he, if he comes – Comes to um, comes home with a great scheme, a great plan that he could present to players, and on top of everything, have all these veteran players buy in to the scheme and the plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much there, man, and uh, that's why for me, 
I'm not, you know, I don't think, especially in the first year, I don't see this really working out um, really well. I think, I think it's going to be what it is because, you know, not too many teams could stop King Henry. They're most definitely. <laughs> so they will have their, you know, their games, but I don't think it's going to be one of those world beating, beating uh, offenses in the NFL right now. And you know what? Here's the other thing. He, he had the, uh, the hamstring injury last year. So he missed a few games, um, but it, Julio, let me tell you something. If he has a big year this year, guess what he's going to want? Ooh, <laughs> bread. Yeah. Money. Cake. <laughs> Why do you think he got out of there in the first place? <laughs> right. So, and he's not getting paid that much now because of he's, his next two years real quick. He's only going to make not only, but his salary is going to be 11.5 the next two years. That, that doesn't um, rank that high with a wide receiver. So, and he's going to be 32 this year. Uh, is he 32? Yeah. So he's not that young. So uh, he's already, he just turned 32 actually a couple of days ago. So, you know, if he has a big year this year and he's only got two years left after this, you know, he's going to look for a, a little bit of a raise. So, that's the other thing hey, that they got to worry about. I, yeah. I, I will I will tell you one thing. <laughs> if I'm the guy sp- I'm spending the money, I'm not paying Julio no more than what he's getting paid now. I don't care which Julio shows up. I don't care if it's Julio. I don't care if it's Julio. I don't care which one shows up. <laughs> Nobody, I'm, you're not getting paid. You know why? Because at some point, he's going to fall off the edge. His game, and you don't don't we 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 haven't even mentioned the fact that he's been so injury riddled in the last couple of years, and injury riddled bodies don't get better with age. Last time I checked, no, you know, my knee hurts right now. I've been walking walking all day, <laughs> and I'm just forty one. <laughs> right, he <laughs> so so I could imagine, you know. You've been beating up on your body as an athlete for so many years, and now you're in your 30s. Normally, athletes can't take no more no more pounding than 30 something. When you get around that, that's about it. That's it for you. Yeah, you know. So, like I said, he's 32, and he missed uh, seven games last year. And let's remember, this year is going to be a 17 game season, not a 16 game season. So, add another year to these to these guys getting beat up. So. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, uh, well, one more thing. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's going to, it's going to roll into something that's more important. Uh, Sam Donald, when asked about getting the vaccine, he said he's evaluating the situation. So I didn't know he was uh, more of a doctor now and or scientist and he's evaluating the situation. But um, for him, not getting the vaccine, uh, not the biggest thing. I think the bigger, the more important ones for me, just thinking about it, are the lower end of the roster guys, special teamers, backups, stuff like that. Those are the guys that need, they're the ones to me that need to get the vaccine. Because if they, if they get, if, God forbid, if they get the COVID, whatever, you know, right before a game, you think a team wants to play, wants to pay a guy um, that's going to be the backup, whatever, safety, cornerback, or special teams guy, when they could just cut this guy and bring someone else in to, to take his position, you know, because he doesn't want to get hmm. the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, the veterans, they're fine. You know, like Sam Donald, he's a quarterback. They're not cutting him because he's got the va- – if he gets COVID, you know, uh any of the stars they're not going to get cut because of that but it's the lower end of the roster guys i think if they're not if then you know if they don't get the vaccine and they somehow get the covid somehow um i don't think teams are going to have any patience for them because they're like hey we got to get this vaccine we don't want to hear we don't want to get a call saturday night oh by the way uh you know this guy this guy tested positive. You know, you want to go into Sunday. Not that's the last thing you want to worry about is hearing. You know, like last year. I'm sure last year, every Saturday night or Sunday morning, 
when they got reports, that was the last, you know, they were probably stressed out about it because of, you know, obviously there was no vaccines yet. But now you got vaccines and a lot, some of these guys are just not wanting them for whatever reason. And you know what, in a regular, in, in the regular world, uh, people have more options to decide not to take the vaccine. And I respect that. I'm not saying one way or the other, you should do it. But when you're playing football, full contact sport like that, or hockey or basketball, you know, those are the sports, man. You got to take the vaccine because you don't want to be the guy that gets it and then maybe spreads it to somebody else. And you might spread it to somebody who didn't take the vaccine, who's more important than you, you know? And that's the guy that's going to be the, the bigger impact player not playing on Sunday. So that's, that's my opinion. I think the, these guys got to really rethink all this. Oh, man. <laughs> I know it's a lot, but. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the issue. The, it's so crazy. Um, this is more than football. This yeah. is bigger than football. Um, I will say the, the, the closest I will go to touching the heart of this subject is saying this. If this hadn't been made into a political spectacle, nobody would be talking about evaluating vaccines. Oh, that's no doubt. <laughs> so totally I'm good. sorry. I'm sorry that that um, that there there's some people out there calling Sam Donald an idiot and all that stuff. I'm not going to go that far. Um, to me, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm not going to. All I'm going to say is. Uh, if you're doing medicine, if you're making life decisions on political beliefs, uh, you, I think you need to uh, double check where you where you stand in because you just might be standing on quicksand. Um, that's as far as I go with that. Um, but I I told I agree with you, Chris. Um, when you're in a situation where you're playing football, uh you have to do what's best for the for the for the for the league, for every player that plays with you and around you. Um, you try to do your best to shield them from things like that. Um, yes, you could wash your hand, wear a mask, and all that stuff too, and that would help. But um, take the extra step, man. You know. Um, again, I'm. I'm not going to call anybody stupid or foolish or anything like that. And all I'm saying is, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's take care of one another, you know, let's do it. Definitely. I, you know, and, and the, um, the union president, uh, the NFL PA, uh, president has already come out and said, players are going to get paid with or without the vaccine, which is fine. But, I, I think some of these guys have to really think about this because look at what happened last year and, you know, the night before or the day of you, you get the report like, Oh, this guy can't play that guy can't play or, Oh, we're going to have to, you know, postpone the game for two days. Remember the, the Steelers, uh, what game, who did they play? The Steelers ended up playing what on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Something because, because yeah, of that. It was, yeah. It was crazy. But just, but Chris, we don't even have to go that far that far back. But you're a baseball guy. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. wasn't there was was there was, they baseball had an issue with that. Um, oh yeah, Yankees. Um, Yankees I, had a couple. I, of <laughs> right. Um, also, I think even more recently, I I caught wind of a an article where um, some golfer. Literally in the middle of making a run at a at, at winning a winning a, a championship or whatever, was tested positive and he had to forfeit forfeit the game, right in the middle of his round. Yeah. Oh, it, that was it was entering. He he was the leader going yes. into the final round. Yes. And they had to and he had to leave yeah. <laughs> because he tested positive. Yeah. And that's golf again. <laughs> again. You know, we, I know we have rounded a corner that nobody, there's not a lot of people dying no more. There's people on the internet making jokes about, hey, no more COVID. <laughs> hey, 
Hey man, there's people in this oh, yeah. world. There's people <laughs> not too far away from me right now, around the corner, my neighbor, whatever that lost loved ones because of this stuff. It's, it ain't no joke. You know, the fact that all of a sudden that um, there's been so many people that have fought so hard to make this thing go away that we could stand on our chairs and laugh and giggle about it now, you know, this kind of ridiculous in my opinion. But again, like I said, I'm not trying to force anybody to do anything they don't want to oh, do. No. All I'm all I'm saying is, you know, let let part of this uh let let let's pay attention and let's try to take care of one of a, one another a little bit. That's all. Definitely, especially you know what that's in real life. This is football. Yeah, these guys got to be smarter, man, because you don't want to be the guy that spreads it or to bring it into the locker room and then give it to someone else. And then they, you know, it's, it just becomes a mess. And I'm sure that the league doesn't want this The play. I mean, I don't know why the players would even want this either. Um, do you really want to go through a year? Like we went through last year where every week we were, you know, we heard this team has this many guys testing positive and this and that, and it was just a mess. And I, I don't, I mean, like you said, if it wasn't a political thing, everybody would have got it. I don't think there'd be a, a question about it, but unfortunately it became what it became or what it is. Um, but, um, and I, I think the league is dealing with it just like a lot of other businesses are, are dealing with it. But with the NFL, it's so much, it's so different because it's a, a physical, you know, it's a physical game. You're, you're right on top of each other, whether it's in your locker room or on the field and who knows what, you know what's going to be spread amongst each other so they should be smart enough to to take the vaccine you know with the money that they're getting paid and these guys like i said the bottom the bottom of the roster guys might get cut you know like why does the team want to deal with a guy like that they could just bring in some other guy off the street to do to you know to run on special teams or something you know so yeah uh, vaccine aside vaccine aside that happens all the time mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you can't cry. You can't cry. You get cut just because you don't want to take the vaccine. Because trust me, trust and believe, on the bottom of football rosters, people get cut for stupid things all the time. Right. You don't want to you give know, them a reason. Because, <laughs> right. You're not, you, you know, he wore yellow shirt today. Ah, I don't know. I don't like that dude. <laughs> cut him. You know. I'm, I, I mean, I'm being, I'm being facetious at no, this I point. No, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, so. What's, it, it's it's still it's crazy. What is, what, is, what does NFL stand for, right? Not for long, right? Nah. That's the big audio clip. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you have a very short time to to get what you get in, get what you get, and get out. If you're lucky enough to play a couple of years without getting hurt, without getting injured, you know what? You're one of the lucky ones. So if you're yes, playing, and if you're not hurt, don't don't let the, the this virus stop you from from having a great career in, in the, in the NFL, you know, that's, that should be the last thing you should have to worry about. So, and especially that they're giving you something to kind of protect yourself from it. But anyway, I, you know, that was a pretty interesting thing and I'm sure we're going to hear more about it getting into camp and uh, you know, in, into July and August, we'll start hearing about guys not taking it or taking it. And, you know, they'll probably start coming out with, well, this team has 90% done. This team has 80% done. So We'll start hearing more about that, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again as well. Um, so anyway, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we appreciate you listening to it every week. Uh, we're just getting started. We can't wait to get to the season. So hang in. We're getting better. If you guys got any comments, you know where we are at CP7NY. Sharman, uh, what's your Twitter again? Drone Folk. At Grown Folk 1980. At Grown Folk 1980. Um, yeah, uh, guys, um, definitely, um, we're, we're definitely getting better at this. The, 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 the more we do it, and the more, the better content uh, we start, we get to create. Uh, your feedback would be definitely uh, cherished. Uh, any, any, any comments, any questions, uh, definitely would be something we'd like. Uh, interaction is something we would definitely love to do with Jess fans. We love you guys.
And remember at NYJ off is our, the page for the actual podcast. So definitely leave us a comment there if you'd like, or give us a follow as well, it would be great. So we can interact during the week uh, leading up to the podcast. We have some questions and stuff like that. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll join you guys next week. Lift off. See you guys later. Lift off. <laughs>